Well, it's exciting to have you along for another episode of our So Leadership podcast. This is our second episode, and if you missed out on the first one, I want to encourage you to check it out. We looked at the topic of preparing to serve and how we can best ready ourselves for the term of service ahead. Now, if this is the first time you're listening, maybe you're wondering why this podcast exists. Why do we have the So Leadership podcast? Well, this podcast exists because we have a vision to see a generation of leaders being equipped to serve God faithfully and effectively. We don't just want to see the current group of leaders being trained and equipped. We want to see a generation of leaders Young men and women being equipped in a mighty way to serve in our churches and parachurch ministries in the years and decades to come. And the topic that we're looking at today is deeply connected to this idea. It's something that if done right, can be a powerful tool for building up a generation of leaders. And of course, I'm talking about the topic of delegation. Now, perhaps you hear this word. And as soon as you hear the word, maybe a little part of you squirms inside. Because delegating is hard. It's difficult. Because to delegate means that you need to relinquish control to some degree. Often as leaders, you have a particular vision for how you want an event or a project to be done. And so to delegate it to someone else is risky. Because you run the risk of it being done in a different way that's different to perhaps how you would have done it. Maybe it's hard because of past experiences. Maybe you've delegated to people before, but you've just been left with deadlines missed, tasks undone and responsibilities neglected. Or maybe you've been the recipient of delegation, but you've been ill-equipped to do the task at hand. Or maybe you were micromanaged by the leader who gave you the things to do, and so you've been left with feelings of disappointment and frustration. And so this topic of delegation is hard. Or maybe you just don't even know how to do it. And so it's like, I don't even know where to begin. And so that leads to a sense of confusion and frustration. Whatever your experience may be, I want to suggest to you today that learning to delegate early on in your time as a leader will be one of the best investments you make into your leadership. And so today, we're going to look at three things. We're going to look firstly at the what, then the why, and finally, we'll look at the how. What is delegation? What do we mean when we say and talk about delegation? Secondly, why is delegation important? And thirdly, how can we go about delegating? How can we do it? How can we go about delegating to our leaders and the people in our ministries? The what, the why, and the how. So let's dive straight into it. The what. From the outset, it's important to make a very clear distinction. We need to distinguish between delegation and abdication. Delegation of responsibility and authority and abdication of it. Let's first look at what delegation is is not. It's not abdication. Delegation is not about palming off tasks that you don't want to do or you can't be bothered doing to other people. It's not about dumping things on other people and leaving them to figure it all out with no guidance or help. Delegation does not mean that you have to be absent and you're not allowed to support them and help them when they need the help. Delegation is also not about giving something to someone, but then making them run every single little decision by you before it's approved and finalized. That is not delegation. That is micromanaging. 
Instead, when we talk about delegation, we're talking about entrusting someone else to do or manage a task or project or particular area of your ministry or whatever it is that you're delegating. You're, you're entrusting it to that person. Delegation certainly involves setting clear boundaries and guidelines and parameters, clear goals for the person that you're delegating the task or project to. I'll use this example to help illustrate what delegation is. Often you might hear the word delegation being used in the context of a delegation being sent from one government to a particular event. The Australian government might send a delegation to a climate change summit or to a peace talks Sorry, a peace talk that's going on. Now, when that team or that delegation is sent, there are a couple of things that they have. They have, firstly, clear guidelines and boundaries. The senders, whether it be the government themselves or the president or a government department, will make clear limits as to what that team can and can't do. That team also, secondly, has authority. They have the authority and power to make meaningful decisions depending on the level of authority that's been given. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And thirdly, they have support. They can always contact home base when needed, but there's very few things that they absolutely must contact home base about. And that ties in with the authority element. And when we talk about delegation, even in ministry, it's very much a reflection of those kinds of ideas. Firstly, there are clear guidelines and boundaries that as a leader doing the delegating, you'll set some guidelines and boundaries for the person who is being delegated to. But you're also going to give them meaningful authority, the power to make meaningful decisions, not just the color of the PowerPoint slide, but decisions about how something will be run or how something will be done. And again, that depends on the level of delegation, which we'll talk about at the end of this podcast. And thirdly, there's definitely support. That Even though you're delegating to that person, you always want to be open and available to support them if they need it. So when we talk about delegation, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about entrusting authority and power and the ability to do things to other people so they can manage or do a particular task or project or lead a particular area of our ministry. So that's the first and that's the what. Secondly, we're looking at the why. Why is it important to delegate? And I want to give you two reasons. The first one is an organizational reason. And the second one is about leadership development. So firstly, organizationally, if as a leader, you do not delegate, then not only will your team and your ministry be inefficient in the way decisions are made, but there'll be a serious limit in terms of the capacity that your team and your, and your ministry has to do certain things or to run certain events and projects. Let me give you this analogy to kind of help illustrate it. Imagine you went shopping, grocery shopping with four friends and you have the groceries in your car and you need to take it from your car which is parked outside into your kitchen. Except the problem is there is one rule. Only you are allowed to walk through that front door with the shopping bags. You can only carry two at a time. And so it doesn't matter how those bags get from the car to your front door. If you can only take two bags in at a time and only you can enter that door, then there's going to be a serious lag in the time it takes to get all the shopping into the kitchen. Now, I know all you people who go to the gym will say, you know, you should just lift more bags. But hear me out. This is what I'm trying to say. By having that rule that says that only you can enter the house, it's going to lead to, firstly, inefficiency. 
It's going to take a lot more time to get the shopping into the house. It's going to be frustrating for your friends who have to wait at the door and wait for you to carry everything into the house. And thirdly, there's going to be a serious limit on the number of bags that can be taken in a period of time. And it's much the same when it comes to our teams in ministry. Andy Stanley, who's a leadership commentator and he is a writer, he's also a pastor in the US. He says that in one of his podcasts on this issue, he says that if, if everything needs to be approved by us as the point leader, the president, the exec, or what have you, if everything needs to be approved by us, then we're going to be the bottleneck for our team. We're going to be the limiting factor, the, the cap for our team. Let me give you an example by, by illustrating this um, using a, a very real scenario that could happen in a, in a so executive team. Imagine you need to make three decisions. You need to make a budget for a particular event that's happening. You need to plan what's going to happen in your REAP or small group times. And you also need to plan how you're going to train your student leaders. Now imagine that every single one of those decisions, all the decisions that need to be made in regards to those three issues, needs to be run by the president or run by the whole executive team. If that were the case, then chances are in an exec meeting, you can only talk about maybe one of those at a time because there's other things to discuss. And so it's going to take you perhaps three weeks to decide and finalize things for those three issues. Whereas instead, if you as a leader or as a team have set good, clear parameters for people to work in, then your leaders should be free and enabled to make meaningful decisions in regards to those issues. Your treasurer should be able to decide the budget for the event. Your student leader coordinator or your head student leader should be able to make decisions about how the training should be run, perhaps. Or maybe the person you've delegated reap and small groups too will be able to decide how you're going to run that area of the ministry if you set good parameters then you should be enabling your leaders to make decisions that's going to make your ministry more efficient you'll get things done faster and you'll also be able to do more things with the limited resources that you have so that's the first reason an organizational reason but secondly and equally as importantly delegation is also about leadership development See, when you give people opportunities to make meaningful decisions, you're actually giving them a chance to grow as a leader. Because if they never have to make decisions, if everything is always being spoon-fed to them, if you as a point leader are giving them everything they need and you're telling them what to do and you're dictating everything, if that's the way you run your team, then they're never going to grow as leaders. Instead, empowering them to make decisions will, yes, stretch them. It will cause a little bit of pain in the short term, perhaps. But overall, it's going to cause them to think about things deeply, to analyze things better, and in time, to make better decisions. And so one day when you're no longer there as the point leader, they'll be ready to step up and step into the various roles that they may need to take on. Because they've been used to making decisions. They've been used to acting as a leader. They've been used to growing in this way. And so making that next step is less of a leap. It's more of a step. This is crucial in the development of our leaders. And it's crucial if we're going to see a generation of leaders being raised up to serve God in our churches and ministries. And so why do we need to delegate? We need to delegate because one, it makes our organization or our teams more efficient and work faster but secondly it's because it invests into the leadership of the leaders in our team 
it grows and develops them as people and as leaders. And so finally, then we get to the how. And again, I'm going to give you two things to think about. I'm going to give you a shift in mindset that needs to happen. And I'm also going to try to delineate three levels or types of leadership that will help you think about how you can delegate and what things you can delegate to which people. So firstly, a shift in mindset. Often as leaders, when we think about delegation, we think about it in these terms. We ask ourselves this question. What do I need to delegate? Or as a team, what do we need to delegate? But I want to suggest to you that needs to be a there needs to be a shift in your mindset, the shift in our thinking about delegation, where we move from asking what do I need to delegate to now asking what can I delegate? What can I delegate? Craig Rochelle, who's another leadership commentator and writer, and he's also a pastor again in the U.S. as well, he says this. He says, only do what only you can do. In other words, only do the things that only you are able to do. Maybe you have the expertise in a particular area. Maybe the decision is within your department or your specific role in the team. Or maybe it's it's a huge decision and so it needs to be made by the, the head leader of a team, president or what have you. So only do the things that only you can do. So you take those decisions, but everything else you delegate. You push the decision-making power as deep into your team as you possibly can. That's another one of the lines that Craig loves to use and we'll talk about that in another podcast. But only do what only you can do. As much as possible, think about what you can delegate, what you're able to delegate, which is a shift from thinking about what can I possibly do and then delegate everything else to what can I delegate and holding on to the things that only you can do. So there needs to be a shift in our mindset. And then when we're thinking about how we delegate and what we can delegate to which people, We often want to think about perhaps in these three levels, the three levels I'm about to delineate. Now, these are taken from a number of different sources. Every leadership commentator seems to have their own way of highlighting different levels and types of of delegation. But these three levels, I hope, will be helpful and clear when we think about what we can delegate and to whom. And the three levels are this. Firstly, it's tasks. Secondly, it's responsibility. And thirdly, it's ownership. So first, the first level of delegation, firstly, tasks. Now, if you're a leader and you've led for any period of time, chances are you can do this. Chances are you're already doing this. We can become very good at delegating tasks to people. It's the simplest level of delegation. So let's take, for example, you're having a prayer night as a, as a team and as a ministry, sorry. And so you might delegate tasks to different people. You might say to some someone, hey, I need you to make the PowerPoint. I need you to book this particular venue at this particular time on this particular date. You might say to someone else, I need you to pick up the food for this event. You're delegating tasks. And this is probably suitable for, for people who are perhaps starting off as a leader. It's their first time serving, their first time being in a leadership role. And so you're giving them an opportunity to to demonstrate their faithfulness and demonstrate their, their 
the commitment to, to the task and the, the ministry and giving them an opportunity to serve in a, in a practical and a tangible way without hopefully overwhelming them or throwing them into the deep end. You're enabling them to, to do perhaps smaller tasks or even bigger tasks depending on their capability. The next level is delegating responsibility. Now, again, if you've been a leader for a period of time, maybe some of us maybe have got to that point. Maybe we can delegate responsibility well to other people. In essence, what you're doing is you're delegating to other people the responsibility for delegating tasks to further other people, if that makes sense. You might set some clear boundaries. Again, using the Prenite example, you might say, hey, this is the vision for the event. These are the the, this is the theme. These are the goals that we want to see accomplished through this event. And so within those boundaries, they then have the authority to perhaps search up a few different venues and make decisions as to the most suitable venue and date for the event. Maybe they can coordinate a praise team and they can find people to lead the prayer times where they're delegating the prayer points to those people so they can then lead in the actual event. And again, this is probably suitable for people who maybe have served for a little while, you've delegated tasks to them and they've done that faithfully. And so again, you say, okay, I'm going to delegate now responsibility to that person. And you see how they go with that. You see how they go with making decisions in that realm. And then finally, we get to ownership, delegating ownership. Now, as leaders, this is probably the hardest level. I know for me, it's, it, it has been and still continues to be a very difficult thing to do because it's really where we really relinquish a lot of control and authority to the person that we're delegating to. And so to pick up the prayer night example again, in this instance, you might delegate to that person and say to them, hey, I want you to create the vision for the event. I want you to create the goals, to, to, to dream about the reason why this event needs to happen. And within that event, I want you to delegate responsibilities to other people. You're delegating authority. And these are for people that have maybe served for a longer period of time. And now maybe they're an exec in your team or they're a bit older. Maybe they've, they've, they've shown themselves to be faithful and they've got a lot of experience. And so you say, okay, I'm going to delegate ownership now to that person. Now, as leaders, often when we think about these three levels, as I've said, we, we often do tasks fairly well. Maybe we do responsibility, but we don't do ownership very well. But I want to challenge you as leaders to think on all three levels. To think about who you can delegate tasks, responsibility, and ownership to. The people in your ministry that you can delegate on the different levels where appropriate. Because as leaders, it's so easy to hold on to authority and ownership and even responsibility and just be comfortable delegating tasks. But Craig Groeschel, he says this about that. He says, when you delegate tasks, you create followers. But when you delegate authority, you create leaders. Or in our case, when you delegate ownership and responsibility, you create leaders. Which really goes back to the very reason why we delegate. That yes, it makes things more efficient. But it's also about developing the leaders within your team and within your leadership group. And so they're the three levels. They're the, the three levels that we ought to be thinking about. It doesn't necessarily mean that when we delegate to someone, we say, hey, this is a level three delegation. No, we're not talking about that necessarily, but it's helpful for us to think about it as the delegator when we delegate things to different people, to think about what we can delegate and to whom, who is responsible, who is faithful, who is someone that can take ownership if we want to delegate on that level, who's equipped and, and trained and 
and has the, the relevant skills and experience to do the things that we're asking them to do. So finally, before we close, I want to give two quick tips, things that I've, I've heard from other people, I've learned from other leaders that I've listened to or that I've seen and that I've tried to implement myself and continue to try and grow in the way I do this. Two quick tips. Firstly, vision casting. When you're setting the boundaries for your leaders on whatever level of, lead, of delegation that you're, you're, you're on, when you're setting boundaries, you want to be first and foremost casting vision casting vision so when you're meeting up with the person you're delegating responsibility to for that prayer night you might say to them this is why we're having the prayer night this is the heart behind it this is what we want to see this is the vision for the night and so when they make decisions they have a very concrete and real tangible vision and purpose to connect their decision making to that they can answer the question this is why we're praying about this particular point because it connects to the vision for the night. Or if you're delegating off, uh, sorry, delegating ownership to someone, it might be helpful to reiterate the vision of the overall ministry so that when they create the vision for the event, they can connect it to the overarching vision and, and mission of the, the ministry as a whole rather than coming up with something out of the blue that's independent and random, as it were. So the first one is vision cast. When in doubt, continue to vision cast as often and as much as you possibly can. And secondly, often as leaders, we, we often ask this question when it comes to delegation. I know I certainly have and continue to do. When is it suitable and appropriate and necessary to step in? To step in and overrule a decision or to step in and to, to question a decision and to, to request that it be changed. And in that regard, I would suggest that we as leaders who are delegating should only step in and overrule when a serious detriment is going to be caused to a person or to our ministry as a whole. Now, there will be exceptions to that, but for the most part, we want to be thinking about, is this decision that perhaps is different to what I would have done? Is this something that's going to cause a serious detriment to our ministry? Maybe the person that you've delegated ownership to, maybe you've delegated ownership of weekly meetings to this particular person, they may come to you and say, we want to scrap sermons and bible study time in our weekly meetings and we want to have we want to have it to be a time where we just play games and have fun and we want to do that for the entire semester now in that situation you may say okay there's a detriment there because there's a, a distinct absence of god's word being preached and taught in our meetings and we don't want to have that we want to keep god's word and the preaching and teaching of the word to be a fundamental part of our weekly meetings and so in that situation you might step in to overrule or you may help them understand why that decision is not the most wise etc etc but for the most part as leaders we want to try to empower our leaders to make decisions and to own those decisions and to take ownership of the decisions that they make and so we're only going to step in and overrule when there's a serious detriment that will be caused now, finally, we have to understand that people are going to make mistakes. We're going to delegate things to them and they're going to fall flat. They're going to make a mistake. They're going to do something that's perhaps not as good as you might have done. But the reality is that people are always going to make mistakes. You as a leader have made mistakes. You're going to continue to make mistakes even as you serve as a leader now. Making mistakes is part of growing as a leader. And so I want to challenge you to persevere 
to keep delegating, to keep coaching, to keep investing in your leaders. Because in doing so, we will see a generation of leaders that's being raised up and equipped to serve God faithfully and effectively.